That's awesome. And and one thing I want to come back to, Levi, is is you talked about accountability. So if if you accept the fact that people are watching you all the time and and you model that, inevitably we we are going to make mistakes. And I think that's one thing that I know as a teacher I fear, but people in general fear is like being called out for mistakes or not appearing to be perfect. So when you are in that situation, because inevitably we all will be like, how, how do you approach that to the point where it's not that point where a kid's like, Oh, I, I, I told you, you weren't who you thought you were, but it's more of like modeling what it's, what it looks like to, to make a mistake. Yeah, man, that's, that's so important when it comes to connecting with students is to own up right, right away. You're not trying to sweep it under the rug. You're not trying to pretend like it didn't happen. You say, that's my bad. And I apologize to these students, uh, whoever it affects. You own up to it. You apologize to it. And then, and then you use it as a learning experience. When a student can see an adult fail at something they're supposed to be good at, like, like you said, I can't imagine teaching a class and, and having that like pressure of, well, I'm supposed to be the math teacher and I screw up a problem, you know, something like that. I, Cause I don't teach an actual classroom. Right. But when a student can see an adult take ownership for a mistake, that goes back to like, how do you live your life? Are, are you living your life in such a way that, that, you know, you're, you're human, you know, you're going to make mistakes. And now you yourself are growing from that mistake. Hey guys, I'm sorry I messed up these slides. Next time I'm gonna I'm gonna be more prepared. I didn't spend as much time as I would have liked to present this to you or prepare this presentation. Next time I'm gonna get it right for you guys because you deserve that. That simple ownership takes any words out of a student's mouth that they're gonna try to say, you're a phony, you're a fraud. I see it. They're gonna be able to say that because you're already putting it out there. Like, you're right, I'm human too. And and then you get to, to use those situations as a student messes up. They, you know, fail what on whatever it may be. Maybe they have a rough week in the classroom. You got to kick them out or something like that. Whatever, whatever it comes to, you get to say, hey, remember, remember when I messed up? I get it. We all have, we have bad days. We have days we're not prepared for. Stuff is out of our control sometimes. I messed up and I hopped right back on. I think, I think you can hop right back on the horse as well. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's the thing that I noticed too with the way you interact with kids. And I noticed it too, the way I was trying to interact with kids, like the more you do that, the more like you, you have the kid who just for whatever reason kind of loses it Yeah, and you, and they go outside and if you give them a few minutes and especially too, like with me, like, escalating myself down and like giving myself that space and modeling that behavior. Most of the time the kids are like, yo, Mr. K, that's my bad. Like mm-hmm. I, 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 I screwed that up. Um, I, I, I didn't do what I was supposed to on that front. And I, and I think that that such a powerful thing. So, so with that, like, what are the particular things with the way you you're living, whether it's, in the church or in the school, like what, what are you really, um, what do you, what are you really trying to teach the kids? What are you really trying to share with them? Like, what are your, your core principles that you think are important for kids to learn? 
Yeah, man. Um, well, like you guys know, I'm a youth pastor and, and everything I do, how I live my life, uh, it's all centered around Jesus Christ. He, he's the savior of my life. He's the Lord of my life. And, and every, every way I try to live is mapped out of how he lived. And we, we find that in the Bible of, of how he lived his life. And honestly, whether you're a Christian or not, whether you attend church or not, I think anyone can get moral principles out of the Bible. Because at the end of the day, I'm never going to try to convince someone to, to believe the way I, I believe. Yeah. I'm not going to do it because it's got to be a choice and it's got to be a relationship that they want to pursue. But I, I firmly believe that a lot of moral standards, we would say, our moral standards, because it, it's different for everyone, right? right. Um, a lot of those come from biblical text. And I see it in my church all the time. We have a lot of people that would not call themselves Christians, but they come every single week. And they come to, to be filled up, to have community, and to be given a word of, they would say it's a word of encouragement and a word of direction. Right. How, how do I address when I mess up? How do I... How do I address a family problem? How do I address a relationship problem? All these things we can find in the Bible, and that's how I live my life. And so when I say I hold myself accountable, that's what I'm holding myself accountable to, is what the Bible actually says and how it says we should live our lives. And so when it comes to students and holding them accountable, and like I said, how I live my life, they're going to try to to map that out. If I have that connection with them, uh, most of the time I just be honest with them and say, Hey, like, this is where I get this from. This is why I've seen it work. You know, give them an example of a time I messed up or give them a, give them an example of, of a time where, you know, I, I was struggling with something and someone from the church, I had a great conversation with them and they encouraged me and now I'm doing it for them. And that student, I'm going to encourage them to encourage their friends and live their life as an encourager. Because if we, if we all had a little more joy in our life, if we all lived a little more joyful, uh, smiled a few more times a day, I think, I think this world would be a better place, honestly, aside from the religious part of it, just, just being a little more joyful. You know, and it's so funny, like I'm old enough to to have been taught in college that you don't smile until November as a teacher. <laughs> and I was taught by a professor who said that he didn't wear a wedding ring and he kept no pictures in his room because he didn't want kids to know who he was. And there are still people like in our profession and even in, you know, your other profession that are like, that way that are still that's oh, yeah. their norm so i guess i would want to ask you like how how do you see whether it's you know kind of both the church and the school trying to evolve especially in this time that we're in you know so many things whether it's women's rights or lgbtq rights or racial injustice it's all coming to the forefront so how do you how do you see those things changing and 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 evolving especially especially from your perspective, both in education and in the church? Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, whether, whether you're a Christian or not, I, I think we can all love people. Not, 
not a certain people group, but all people groups. I think, like I said, I, I try to map my life after Jesus Christ and he loved people. He didn't ask about their background, even though he already knew it. He didn't take into account where they work, what area they're from. You know, he didn't care about any of that. He just loved people. And so I'm just going to love people. And the church I, I work at, Southland, we love people. And it goes into the, the conversation that's a little sticky when you get into the church world that a lot of people try to stray away from. But it's that um, we call it sin, right? Is one sin greater than the other? Absolutely not. Human consequences are different, but, but we see everyone on the same level. My pastor will tell you himself that he is no better than any person at any church, at any school, at any prison. He is no better than any of them because we're all people. We're all human beings and everyone deserves to be loved like a human being. At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to is we love people. And that's what I try to do at the school is I try to love the students. I try to love the faculty. I, I try to take them all at face value because you got it with students, right? Yes. You got it with students, but, but no matter what, whether I had a terrible week that a week before with that student or not, I'm going to love them the same way. And so I think something that, cause like I grew up Catholic yeah, and then I was out of church for a little bit. And then I found a church home in Houston at a church mm-hmm. called Hope City that I think is very similar to what Southland yeah. is. Yes. Um, and it was so different because I grew up at, you know, in the Catholic church, it's very regimented and it's very strict. And then I had to start asking myself questions like, do I agree with certain rules and certain beliefs that not just the Catholic church have, but churches in general? So I guess the question I want to ask you, and this is maybe off topic just for myself, but like, what do you say to someone, and this could apply to education or any space that has a narrow mindset that maybe has that other interpretation of the Bible. You know, these people who say that, you know, the Bible is to be taken literally and, and they use that to act negatively towards people, or you could take it on the, on the race card, you know, the race space where they say, well, this is what they make stereotypes or generalizations. So how do you, how do you approach them in a loving way to try to, you know, bridge that gap sure yeah man i it's the question today right it's it's what's everyone everyone's talking about everyone's asking the church world today is is how do you how you deal with the topics that are coming up today because 20 years ago a lot of this stuff wasn't talked about in the church world whether it was evident and prevalent in in you know the regular you know, workspace, gym space, wherever you're at, social spaces, it wasn't talked about at the church. They swept it behind them. They just, ah, we don't want to be controversial, so we're just going to not talk about it. And I think it goes back to how did Jesus live? And he loved people, man. He loved people. And what a lot of people don't understand is um, you you grew up in Catholic church. You you know, and I, I realize some of your listeners probably have zero biblical knowledge, which is fine. Um, but I, so I'll, I'll kind of bring it down a little bit to 
um, we have Jews and Gentiles in the Bible is, is the main people groups that we hear about the Jews and the Gentiles, especially in Jesus's day. There was the Jewish group that Jesus was part of. And then there was these Gentiles and we get a sense from the Bible that they were kind of the outcast. Uh, the Jews didn't like them very much. You know, they're just kind of the back burner. That wasn't the case at all. The Gentiles were actually the most hated by the Jewish group out of, above anyone, even above the Roman Empire that had a hold over the Jewish community and the Jewish people group. They were the the Roman they were the Romans were oppressing the Jewish people, and the Jewish people still hated the Gentiles more. That was the biggest form of racism in the day. Okay? But we see Jesus time and time again sitting down and eating with these people. He he told a parable about about stopping and helping a, a man on the side of the road, and the only person that that would do it was a Gentile. That was crazy talk in his day. That was crazy. And so anyone who would try to use the Bible in a way that would bring hate on on a person, whatever that person's background is, however that person lives their life, I would I would say that person is very wrong. I would I would say they're ignorant, honestly. And and the question I get back to too with education is it's just like there's so much out there right now about going back, about not going back, what the science is. And I just feel like it's so difficult to have a conversation with someone that doesn't share your same beliefs, that yeah. doesn't share your perspective. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how, how are you approaching like those conversations? How do you try to approach it? Cause here I'm sitting you know, in, in the same week, I can, you know, hear people say that kids just need to go back. And I hear people say that teachers are being selfish for not wanting to go back. And I hear all these things and, you know, I'm around people who just refuse to wear a mask because they say the whole thing is a hoax. And it's, it's like, I want to, like, as you say, be a loving person and, and, and try to help them. But Sometimes I just don't know how, I don't know how to start that conversation. So, I mean, what, what's, what's your approach to that? Or, or how could I model that? Because I'm going to have to model with my kids. Cause I just got, I, I, I talked with, with Ryan today and we still don't know like what it's going to look like. So any advice on that front? I would say for me personally, because I grew up in a very conservative home. Um, a very Christian home. I went to a private school. Okay. So I grew up with a certain mindset. We all do, right? Yeah. Those influence when we're growing up that, that carry heavier than other influences because they're more prevalent. They're more, whatever you want to say. So for me as a young man who is involved in the education system, as well as highly involved at a church, I have to go into every single conversation saying, maybe Levi, maybe you're wrong. Maybe the way you're thinking right now is wrong. Maybe the, the way this person is, is thinking is actually the right way to think. And so 
not as like a, I'm always doubting myself, but as a, I'm always learning. I always want to learn. I never want to be closed off to an idea. And like I said, I, I grew up a certain way. We all did. And I don't want how I grew up to affect my relationships now. Even if I completely disagree with people, I have very good friends that, and I'm, I don't, I don't care to get political. I, I don't want to, to be honest. Um, but they would say the exact opposite what I believe politically. But we're still really good friends because we can both say level heads are always better, right? Maybe we disagree, but we still love who that person is. I still love my friends. I still love people that think differently, how that act differently. I'm still going to love them the same way. We already talked about it. I'm still going to love those students the same way. I'm going to love you the same way I would love someone that I've never met before. I'm, that's just how I, I choose to live my life. So when it goes into those conversations, I'm just always thinking, man, maybe, maybe I am wrong. You know, and that's a really, really good way to think about it too. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, my spouse and I are on somewhat opposite ends of the political spectrum sure. and I have a difficult time just getting her to have a conversation with me so I can try to understand her perspective. Yeah. Cause there are certain things from her side that I just can't understand how a person feels that way. But I mean, with what you're talking about modeling, I mean, it, in the, in the culture we have now, is there anything more important than we can model for kids and how to have a, a disagreement or how to have a different perspective with somebody without having to make it a shouting match? Yeah. Oh, that's, it's the big thing, man. And that's, it is. Oh, man. it's probably the hardest thing, but the, the reason I, one of the big things I love about seven Hills where we work is that we have these discussions and we have yeah. kids in the same classroom, a classroom of what, 20, 25 kids yeah. that we get to sit down with and have discussions right. and we get to, to be involved in those and say, Hey man, like that's not how we talk to our peers. Or I've had many times where I got to pull a student aside after we have these discussions and say, Hey, just so you know, the way you interacted with that with that student, even though you disagreed, most adults can't even get that down. Yeah. It's been awesome. Right. To see. I right. know you've seen it too. I know you've oh, seen it. Oh, for sure. For sure. But it's not even it's not a even student problem. It's a it's a humanity problem right now. Is right. How, right. how do we discuss with people who who think differently or completely disagree with everything I think? How do we do that? And it's so tricky, right. man. I, I'm learning every day. Honestly, I'm trying to learn every day. Yeah. So I think one, one more kind of content question. So as a youth pastor and a person in education who's really focused on building relationships, how have you been trying to do it in this season of distance learning and social distancing? Like what advice could you give teachers I think that's going to be important because I think everybody's expecting at in some degree or some way at some point to do some kind of distance learning. So yep. what advice could you give teachers on how to 
build and maintain those relationships, even though we are not probably going to get as much face time with our kids as we're used to. It's uh, it's tricky in this season, um, even with my youth students who I have a little more, um, I can be a little more uh, personal with, right? It's just how it is. Uh, yeah. We have to remain professional. Right. Through the school system, we really do. And even with my youth students who I can, you know, give my phone number to and be all right with that. It's yeah. still hard to connect with those. Right. So, um, what I'm learning is to have a, a social media presence that is positive at all times right. has a huge effect on students. And even some of our students um, will, you know, comment on a, a post I make on my Instagram and say, Hey, this really, it's really helped my week out. I was having a tough week, you know, whatever it may be. And so to, to present a positive front at all times, whether you're Zoom calling, um, FaceTiming, putting something on social media, because whether your students follow you or not on social media, they definitely know you're on social media. They definitely know you have a profile if you do. Yeah. And don't think for a second that's wrong because – these kids can do stuff with their cell phone that I couldn't do with two hours on my laptop. Right. And so right. they know where you're at and they're seeing what you post, whether you want them to or not. Right. That's how it is. And so to always have a positive message going out, whatever that looks right. like for you, because Kyle, your positive message is going to be a little different than my positive message, just based on how we live and, yeah. and what we do. And, you know, I love, right. I know you're an outdoorsman. You love being outside. Yeah. I've yeah. been seeing your hikes. Yeah. You've been pumping me up, dude. You're going on walks and dropping a little word bomb on me while you're on your walk. I love it. Uh, living in Stillwater is so awesome because like, it, it's like now it's to the point where when I get up and I'm go on my, like on my run this morning, like we live up on the hill. So I ran down and I like got down to the river and it was just like, dead calm and I just stopped for like 10 minutes and I just like stood there and I was just like just taking it all in and I and I think with with that it man I don't I wish I could convince my spouse to someday live in the country but I don't think that's ever I don't think that's ever going to be a thing I think me and you are on the same same wavelength with that I don't think I'm ever getting to the country with my wife but but yeah, man, like, like I said, it's just been, it's such a, and it was like, I gotta admit, like in the spring, like I had a really hard time keeping my energy up and keeping my spirits up, man. I was just so defeated mm -hmm. and I yep. could feel it in my interactions with my kid, our kids. And it just yep. like, you know, you, you put out like, Hey, I'm going to be on, I'm going to do an Instagram live or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And like, none of them show up and you're like, Oh, they're going to definitely want to hang out with me and do this. And it just just wasn't the case but like you said i think having that social media presence is so is so important so oh man i could spend i could spend all my uh all my days just wrapping with you i think we're gonna have to maybe still try to before school starts get out and maybe go golfing sometime and just hang out a little bit but uh but uh i do want to ask you the the uh we have a couple wrap-up questions we ask everybody so the first one is so if you could put a message on a billboard that you knew every student in America would see and read and they would take it to heart. What would that message be? Um, 
I thought really hard about this because, because I think that's probably the most important question we'll talk about tonight. Yeah. Um, and so for me, going off of my experiences, I would tell all of our students that, that one, people care for them, that they don't think care for them. Their yeah. teachers care for them. I would make sure they know that. And as some advice off of that, I would say, find someone to mentor you. Find a mentor. Find someone who will speak truth into your life. Not just, I just, I just spoke to our youth group about this a few weeks ago. And that's why it was in my brain. But I told our youth group to find friends, or in this case, a mentor, that's a truth teller, not a hype team member. Mm. And so we need, we need people in our life that are going to call us out on our crap, that are going to champion us when we succeed, right? But they're also going to challenge us. Not people who are just there to hype you up, and then as soon as something comes crashing down, they're gone. We don't need those people. Right. We don't. So I would encourage them in their friendships to find those people, but also to find, find a mentor who maybe comes from a similar background, maybe... Um, maybe has walked through the similar path as them and ask them questions. Just ask them questions, trying to get to know them, try to find out what made them succeed in their, in their circumstances. Yeah. It's so good. All right. So for the people that want to connect with you, learn a little bit more, you know, rap with you about all this stuff, man. Cause like I said, we're going to have to, Wilkie had to jump off a little while ago to go to a last minute meeting, but I, I can tell that we're going to have to get this crew back together and oh, come even on. just even just wrap a little bit and, you know and hang know. out. Um, hopefully, hopefully fingers crossed if our wedding happens, he'll be up here. So we'll definitely get, uh, yes. get, to, get together, get together with y'all then. But um, where can people find you? Yeah. So uh, Instagram, it's at Levi Spangrude. Um, L-E-V-I-S-P-A-N-G-R-U-D as in dog, or I would love if they have a question, they want to, they want to know something, email me for real. It's, it's spangrudlevi at Gmail. So my last name, first name at gmail.com. I would love to help some people out. They can message me on Instagram if that's easier as well. Um, but seriously, I, I love talking with people like this, Kyle, yeah. like yeah, man. honored to be on the on the podcast dude you guys are doing some amazing stuff thanks bro um, appreciate it so, yeah all right so last question so you're you're coming to the end you know of everything you've done um you know whether it's the church whether it's the school everything what what's levi spangrude's legacy what do you want that to be yeah man um i think for one i want them i want people to say that that he lived his life like he told other people to live his life, right? I, I want people to, to be able to say that about me, that, that when he called people up to a standard, he was also at that standard. That's so important to me, to not be hypocritical. Um, and honestly, I want to be, be the person that, that pushed people harder than anyone else, but also celebrated harder than anyone else. You feel me on that, Kyle? I, I know I you feel that. Both, both sides, both sides of that coin. Yeah, I want to be that. Oh, I think that's going to be. 
be my goal. Cause I, I think for this, you know, we, we were so tentative to push kids during the spring yeah. because it was so new, but exactly. I think, I think we're going to have, we're going to have to push them. We got to, but then we, then we got to celebrate. So mm. bro, it was great to see you, man. Hopefully I'll see you in the flesh sometime before school starts, but uh, thank you, man, for coming on the podcast. Yeah, man. And again, much love to you guys. You're doing some amazing things. Just honored to be a part, man. Welcome back to the Value Adds Value podcast with Kyle Krieger and Wilkie Law, where we're sharing inspiring stories of educators just like yourself, helping you to develop your craft and sharpen your tools to become the teacher your students deserve. This is the Value Adds Value podcast. Let's jump into this next episode. Hey, everybody. Thank you again for checking out this episode of Value Adds Value number 250, 260. Wow, that's 260 podcasts over the last four years. That's crazy to think that we've we've done that. But um, thanks again to my friend Levi for coming and just having a conversation with us. Um, like I said, from the moment I met him, I just really admired the way he works with kids and and the way he, like you said, challenges them and champions them uh, at the same time. And it's really evident when you see him working with kids that that's what he does. So uh, big ups to my friend Levi. Uh, like I said, can't wait to see him. When this airs, I will probably actually be seeing him because that's the first day of our PD training. So um, thank you again for listening to the podcast, supporting the podcast, for everything you do for us. We really appreciate it. Uh, tune in next week. Uh, we have an uh, conversation with uh, Sarah McCarthy of McCarthy's Math Academy coming up, uh, talking a little bit about math, talking a little bit about at-home resources, talking about digital learning, and a few other things. So we hope you'll tune in, uh, and we'll see you back here. But uh, much love, and we are out this week for Value Adds Value.